Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. We begin hour number two of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside West Reynolds here at South Point Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. Let's get to some Roy's conversation. Rookie of the year potentially in the NFL. Now, again, when you look at the draft, and this is what happens when you have the draft, people now go, well, that player is going to shine in this system, okay? Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be hard to pick a quarterback. Now, look, you wanted to go to Trevor Simeon last year. Uh, excuse me, if you want to go Trevor Lawrence, not Simeon. You want to go Trevor Lawrence. I could have understood why you'd say, all right, rookie quarterback, Jacksonville, it'll work. It didn't work. But this year, I don't think you can pick a quarterback. Now, maybe Kenny Pickett, but that job is going to be Mitch Trubisky, we believe, uh, until further notice. So do you have to immediately go, all right, I got to take a skill player. I have to take a wide receiver, maybe potentially a running back in Brees Hall in New York with the Jets. Does it have to be a wide receiver? It felt like the strongest wide receiver class we've had with six wide receivers selected in the first uh, first round of the draft. And if so, which receiver would it be? Yeah, uh, just kind of looking at this. Uh, Burks, uh, you would think, uh, jumps out at you first simply because, okay, there's no A.J. Brown right. there. So, uh, you know, that's the your number one receiver. So, are you going to get, and that's what we were talking about with Arizona earlier. It's like when you made that deal for Hollywood Brown, you know, maybe could you have stood Pat and, and perhaps gotten a Burks or did some trade maneuvering to go ahead and get him the receiver out of Arkansas. So he's like the first guy that I think jumps out to you because we don't know necessarily if Kenny Pickett is going to start. I mean, Mike Tomlin did come out and obviously he's not going to say, no, he's going to be the backup. He's, you know, telling him, Hey, he's going to compete for the job here, but we don't necessarily know that because usually, and especially when a guy is drafted a little bit later in the first round, that might not have even had a first round grade in the first place. So you got to think usually they're going to go at the veteran. We kind of saw that phenomena here, even with quarterbacks that were drafted in the top five. You know, there was the debate, no doubt. start the kid in Chicago, start fields, or do you start Andy Dalton? QB1. Or, yes, same thing. So, Andy Dalton. You know, and there were debates on those guys, and those guys were drafted in the top five. Right. And so I got to think, okay, maybe Kenny Pickett, he's definitely not going to be your starter right away. Now, he could still theoretically win it if he starts week three and has a productive rookie season. But 
The guy that really jumped out to me at first was Burks. Now, keep in mind, Robert Woods, now a member yeah. of the Tennessee Titans. So uh, he's going to start at one of the wide receivers. And then you have Burks. And then you have Westbrook uh, off the bench from Indiana, mm -hmm. who I think was a nice reserve receiver. Yeah. I don't know if he's really a starting receiver type. But all of a sudden, the Tennessee Titans receiver core took a little bit of a blow. They did get Austin Hooper uh, to play tight end. But... Burks was the guy that kind of jumped out to me at first. Uh, Christian Watson, remember well, that? Remember, everybody was lamenting uh, that Green Bay did not take a receiver. Yes. It's like, and I saw all the memes of Aaron Rodgers, you know, where he's walking with his head down on the beach or, you know, just <laughs> these sad uh, gifs or memes on Twitter. That because Christian Watson, I think, out of North Dakota State was kind of slated maybe to go to Green Bay in the first round. They end up getting him in the second sure. round. So those were the two that stood out to me. I would skirt Jamison Williams, who that's where I thought the Lions made a mistake to trade up to get a guy. It's coming off a torn ACL. Right. I don't know if you necessarily do that. But the two, at least on that first page of the leaderboard for Offensive Rookie of the Year this year, Burks out of Tennessee and Watson and Green Bay were the two that jumped out to me. Watson's the one that clearly stood out to me. And again, the nine to one. And the reason being here is you got to look about who's going to get him the football. And if you have Aaron Rodgers there, he's going to get you the football. Now, I don't know if he's going to be wide receiver one right now for Green Bay going forward this season. But, you know, without uh, Devontae Adams, who's out here at the desert now in Las Vegas, he's got the opportunity. I mean, volume rate mm -hmm. is a real thing. So mm -hmm. he's going to get opportunity there. Brees Hall is the other one that's very sneaky to me. And you look at him also at 9-1 to with the Jets. And I know running backs, you're not supposed to trade up to get running backs anymore in the second round like the Jets did. But he's a, he's a three-down back. So, again, it, you figure, well, it's going to be hard for a running back to do that. He's going to have touches. Now, I'm not saying this is going to be the new Le'Veon Bell or anything like that. But you remember when Le'Veon Bell came out, he was doing that too. Well, you don't have to take him off the field. So I look at a guy that's going to – you've got to give me opportunity here – and out of the, the names that jump out, like Drake London, I'd like to, but no disrespect to Marcus Mariota, right. how often get him the football? Brees Hall is going to get opportunities, either short passing game or one cut run. He's going to be uh, a volume running back this year, utilized many different ways in New York. So I like his, his potential at 9-1, and I do like Watson also at 9-1 well, just because of what we mentioned with Rodgers. I'm interested to see how they kind of disperse the, the ball distribution, basically, between Brees Hall and sure. Michael Carter, who they just drafted out of uh, North Carolina last year, I believe. So, you know... Hall, I think, clearly was the number one running back in the draft, and I know the running back is kind of more of a luxury position now more than ever before in the mm -hmm. National Football League here in 2022. But, you know, I understand what you're saying a little bit about Brees Hall because he is going to get opportunity. Boy. Now, I think he's going to split. I don't think he's going to necessarily be like Jonathan Taylor is in Indianapolis where he's like the ultimate workhorse. But early on, he's probably going to split with Carter. But if he's playing better, then all of a sudden Carter kind of falls away a little bit. And maybe Brees Hall gets a little bit more. But I do think at least the Jets, and I think why a lot of the media kind of like their draft was because, okay, they got who most graded the number one receiver in mm -hmm. Garrett Wilson. They got who most graded the number one running back in Brees Hall and then getting Sauce Gardner on defense who most had the number one corner in the draft and then getting not the number one pass rusher, but Jerome Johnson was the guy everybody had in like the top 10 to 15 sure. and you got him at 26. So that's why I think a lot of the press when they're doing these draft grades, which can be a futile exercise, you know, immediately yeah. after in the aftermath or the afterglow of the NFL draft, because sometimes what we never do is we never go back like five years from now. And 
grade this class. It's like, this is where I really want your draft grades right now, no doubt. Where, where an A can turn into a D very quickly. Let me go a little bit longer down the beaten path here, and this would just be for quarterbacks. And we mentioned Kenny Pickett at plus 650 again, assuming that, uh, that Mitch Trubisky is going to be the starter. That could change if we had something happen in preseason. But when you look at the other quarterbacks, and I said to you, Wes Reynolds, you just had to take a flyer on a, on a quarterback not named Kenny Pickett to be a uh, rookie of the year. So you get Malik Willis at Tennessee, 12 to 1. You would get Desmond Ritter at the ATL, 14 to 1. Could I interest you possibly in Carson Strong in Philadelphia, 40 to 1? That would be interesting. Or Matt Corral at 25 to 1 at Carolina. So out of the longer shots, I guess the real question here is who might start playing this year? Because you look at those situations, Atlanta is the one that jumps out to me. Right. And I, look, I like Marcus Mariota but I think we know what he is. Do you think there's a chance that if Ritter can get opportunity, 14-1 to 1 might not be a bad quarterback play? Yeah, I'm looking at those top three here on this second page of the leaderboard in terms of quarterbacks. Willis would be the one that I think should probably have the longer odds because I don't think Ryan Tannehill, right. it's like he's the guy, but he's not the guy. But yet, I don't know if Malik Willis is ready to kind of take over for that. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, keep in mind this Tennessee team, well, they were the number one seed last year in the in the AFC. So all of a sudden, they're kind of forgotten about it. And it's all of a sudden like Tannehill's like in danger here. I don't no. necessarily think so. So then that brings you to Ritter and Corral. I will go to Corral first in Carolina because keep in mind, Sam Darnold is going to be a free agent mm -hmm. after this year. So is there really that loyalty necessarily to Sam Darnold? Right. I'm not sure that there is. And I know what we heard and we talked about last week, all the stories that got leaked out about Matt Corral, that he's had some off the field issues that, you know, some of his deficiencies might be masked by the offense they ran and Lane Kiffin's playing calling and mm -hmm. a lot of zone read stuff, which you're not going to do at least as much in the NFL. However, Carolina did trade up to get this guy. They did. I know it was in the third round and not in the first round, but that tells you, okay, they're not enthralled with Sam Darnold. And then also tells you that, hey, they haven't really pulled the trigger on making a deal for Baker Mayfield. And that's one of the big stories, I think, in the uh, aftermath of the draft. It's like nobody's <clears> really <throat> making a big move yet for Baker Mayfield because you saw Seattle didn't draft a quarterback. Mm -hmm. So you thought, okay, they're going to draft one here in the second round, and they never really did. So it's like, okay, are they going to roll with Drew Locke and Geno Smith? Because Seattle and I think Carolina – were the most two logical places and maybe it could still happen. There's obviously still time uh, to make a deal if that's the case, but Corral maybe more than Ritter is who I would look at, but I certainly think that Ritter could get a chance to play here because Mariota is very much a short-term deal in Atlanta. Again, we're going to have Sean Brace joining us here uh, later on in this hour to talk all things Philadelphia and certainly their draft, but I was a little bit surprised when they took Carson Strong. And the reason why is they got extra picks for next year's draft. And the thought process was that if Jalen Hurts kind of falls down this year, well, then they'll get their quarterback of the future next year in the draft, which looks like it's going to be on paper a much stronger quarterback draft. But yet they did select Carson Strong. And there are people, evaluators, who believe he could be a sneaky good prospect. Well, and they didn't even draft Carson Strong. They got him as a UFA, as an under, right. undrafted free agent. Uh, Carson Strong was a guy I really liked out of Nevada that I thought had a rocket for an arm. I thought, okay, maybe this guy's a day two quarterback, like a third or fourth rounder. I was surprised, actually, not to see him draft. So, look, uh, they're taking a shot here, and they're giving Jalen Hurts, I think, every chance to succeed yeah. right now with who they are adding. Uh, so, 
uh, uh, Carson Strong, that's probably a little bit deep down the, down the roster necessarily for me, considering he was the UFA. That's a big risk. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I was looking at anybody in that 40 to 1, tight end, it's probably not going to cash you a ticket, but I think the value is going to get cut. It might be Trey McBride because we talked about the deficiency at receiver for Arizona. Yeah. Trey McBride was the best patch-catching tight end in this draft out of Colorado State. So, Kyler Murray, look, you got a short quarterback that's going to get pressured and, uh, you know, have to get the ball away and can, you know, move with his feet and be a little shifty out of the pocket. Trey McBride is a really good underneath valve. So, I don't know if that's going to cash you a ticket if you bet that at 40-1, to but I think those odds later in the season are going to be a lot less than 40-1. And and why I like that analysis there is, again, you have to think about opportunity. He's going to get the opportunity in Arizona. Some of these guys we mentioned, you're really taking a flyer, and again, they might not see the light of day here if the starters in front of them right now uh, hold on to those jobs. Not the same situation, certainly a tight end and the uh, wide receiver position. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, everything going on after the NFL draft and kind of resurface with some of those numbers. Come on back. It is the Lombardi line right here on these and these sports betting. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. First Bet wants to get you ready for horse racing's Triple Crown with a great offer for new customers. Sign up now with promo code VEGAS22 and bet at least $25 in the Kentucky Derby. You're going to receive $25 in free bets for both the Preakness and the Belmont Stakes. You must sign up with First Bet by May 7th using the code VEGAS22 to qualify. Register today with code VEGAS22 at vcin.com slash horses. Back alongside West Reynolds, I'm Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line. You know, the horses to me are always interesting because – Wes, I feel like I know nothing about horse racing. And the more I watch and I try to handicap and figure out, it's just not that easy to do. And you go, you give me like a Mm -hmm. 12-horse field, I got to be able to pick something out. It's not that easy. 
Well, and look, it's going to be a fun weekend. Of course, you got the Oaks uh, yeah. for the Phillies on uh, Friday down there at Churchill Downs in Louisville. Then you got a full card on Saturday. And, and one of the things about horse racing in this place, the South Point, will be very busy. And oh, I know all yes. the bet MGM books will be busy. Everywhere will be busy trying to bet these races. It's not just Churchill Downs. That's obviously the headliner because of the run for the Roses at the Kentucky Derby. But you'll have a big card in New York. Mm-hmm. You'll have a big card in Santa Anita. All the tracks across the country will have will have big cards. So uh, you know you're gonna get that card at Aqueduct, I believe, because Belmont's gonna gonna start very soon there in New York. But big day of horse racing, oh. and obviously it's the biggest day, to, and it's what brings the casual people out too, as well, no Dave. Uh, you know the hardcores are really into the Breeders' Cup that happens later in the fall as it bounces around the country, but the casual fans love the Derby and then they usually stick around for the, uh, for the, uh, uh, for the race at Pimlico, right? The Preakness, uh, you know, because they want to see if there's a triple crown winner. I, I remember, I think when California Chrome was going for the triple crown, I saw people literally betting just because they mm-hmm. want winning tickets, even though the odds were so bad on California Whoa. Chrome, same with American Pharaoh who eventually won the triple mm-hmm. crown. They just want that ticket to say that they bet the winning horse on the triple crown. So you get a lot of casual betters, a lot of small players. So if, by the way, if you're coming out here to bet this race, be patient. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a lot of new betters that don't know how to, how to give the bets, you know, With that the they number. don't know. They don't know how to say, you know, uh, six, five, three trifecta box. They're, they're gonna go there, box. No, I want horse number two. Yeah. And they're, they're going to be looking through the racing form and looking on the sheet and they don't know how to call them out. You know, these guys have been betting for 20, 30 right. years, however long they've been doing it. We'll get, uh, okay. The one, four, six with the three, four, seven with that, you know, and they'll call it out fast, you know, super So, you know, keep that in mind. Uh, you got to be patient at the counter and be patient with your ticket riders, even behind the counter. It's going to be a big week. Obviously, at Beeson will cover much more of the Kentucky Derby as the week goes on as we get ready for Saturday. And again, UFC 274 is also Saturday night. Uh, I'm going to have first strike, first look coming out later on today to take a look at that fight card. Should be spectacular. And tomorrow we'll have Lou Finnecaro right back here on the Lombardi line to help us break that down. Let's get back to the post-draft mortem, if we will, and look ahead now to the defense and try to get the Roys there that we potentially find some good number and maybe some good value in these numbers. Look, when you get Aiden Hutchinson, you get him second overall to Detroit, you can understand he's going to be the short favorite here alongside Kayvon Thibodeau at also plus 450 with the Giants as he went fifth. Look at Trayvon Walker, and that's the interesting one to me. Here's the number one pick in the draft, and yet in the odds board – He's down significantly, plus 750. It it, it almost felt like after the draft was done, people went back and went, well, okay, he went one, but Jacksonville, that was not necessarily the best of the bunch. Mm -hmm. What do you make of it? Because it feels like we're always talking edge rusher now. And, again, you got the two talented corners. You see Sauce Gardner is at 10-1. to You see Stingley Jr. there at 9-1. to Would you be – are you looking for a position when you handicap this board or are you looking for the player? Uh, maybe a little bit more player and then a little bit more fit. Uh, I think obviously if Walker Jacksonville drafted on potential, right? right? They didn't necessarily draft on production here because I think Aiden Hutchinson now Hutchinson, to be fair, only had that one big year. 
in terms of production. But nevertheless, you would think, okay, he's got at least the more consistent production going forward. So no surprise that Hutchinson and Thibodeau necessarily are the favorites. But uh, this is one where I think you could go at least a little bit deeper down the board. And, and a couple of the guys actually didn't stand out to me on the first page. And I know why they're priced there, because obviously they're drafted higher. Right. And, you know, Stingley, you know, alleviated a lot of the injury concerns, at least mm-hmm. for Houston, uh, with how he ran at his pro day. So you got to think, okay, he's going to get a chance. I think Lovey Smith made some kind of comment, and I'm paraphrasing. Uh, you guard the other team's best receiver pretty much as, as gut and dry. So that we're going to throw you right in the fire, kid. Uh, now, a couple guys that maybe slipped a little bit, Kyle Hamilton. It's hard to call him a sleeper, I guess, at 11-1, to 1, but this is a guy that can play anywhere in the backfield, sure. you know, and has a knack for the ball, had eight interceptions in 31 games as a member of the Notre Dame fighting Irish. I know there were some injury concerns and Hamilton kind of slipped because this was a guy that early on was maybe a top five, top six pick. And yeah. then he goes all the way down to number 14. So of those guys, I think he's the sleeper, at least on that first graphic. All right. So and again, you go deeper down the board here. And again, uh, Nicobe Dean, who, you know, you look at Georgia's defense in winning the national championship a year ago, and you go, my goodness, I can get him at 20 to 1. He kind of slipped a little bit further than I thought he'd go in the NFL draft. And again, we're going to talk more about the Eagles specifically. He's a, a 20 to 1 pick there. Is there any other long shot here that you go? Because I'm hearing a little bit of buzz about Carl Loftus now at 20 to 1 with Kansas City, that maybe he's the guy there in KC that can turn the corner and get some big time rushes. You have ESP because you were reading <laughs> my mind. Uh, George Carl Loftus is actually the guy that. That really stood out to me here at 20 to one, obviously shop around, see if you can get a better number, but I think he's going to slot right in opposite of Chris Jones yeah. and Chris Jones is going to get all the attention. He's going to get the double team. So you're going to get Carl Loftus, the rookie out of Purdue uh, from uh, West Lafayette high school up there right near the campus. Uh, you're going to get him in a lot of one-on-one situations mm-hmm. with Chris Jones getting doubled and a little bit of a help, uh, you know, with the guard helping out the tackle or the running back staying in for extra pass protection. So Carl Loftus too, is not just a third down pass rusher. He's a three down player. He's got a bull rush capable of tossing aside the tackles. And I think that this guy is going to have a surprisingly high sack total for a rookie. So Carl Loftus was a guy I liked as well. I don't know if I see a number up there either, but another guy that got drafted in the second round that I think had first round talent was uh, the kid out of Penn State. Uh, I'm going to try to pronounce his name. Ibekati. Yeah. Arnold Ibekati, uh, basically. I, I got it close enough to where you know at least who he is. Uh, <laughs> look, this is a guy he's going to play in a 3-4. He's going to you know run down some ball carriers, so he's going to play some outside linebacker for Dean Pease, who's the defensive coordinator down there in Atlanta. And, of course, people know Pease because he spent a lot of years with Bill Belichick right. up in New England. But this is a guy that I think – could get a fair number of sacks. That's going to get a lot of open field tackles, aggressive guy played on a good defensive unit at Penn state. So I think I saw the price for a at like 35 to one, I think. Uh, so, you know, you could go a little bit down the board with some of these guys. Don't just pay attention to how they're drafted. Cause that's how they're priced in the market, right? The first round guys are obviously going to be priced shorter than the second round guys, but a lot of this is fit, you know, and we see guys drafted second and third round that end up starting from day one, week one. No question about it. So, again, uh, we'll see how that plays out. When you look at Carl Loftus, you look at McDuffie here uh, with the Chiefs and some of the notable picks here, certainly on the defensive side of the ball. Now that the trade is done, remember they had two number ones. They traded away one of those picks. They had two twos, two threes, two fours. They got all those picks in the Tyreek Hill deal. Looking back and looking at the draft, and again, only time's going to tell. 
But on paper, when we like Carl Loftus, and I certainly like McDuffie as well, this was the idea all along, right? And we're going to see this model now being used by other teams in the NFL that say, okay, great, pick the position, pick the player. Great player, you want a new deal. Get it. Totally understand, but you're not going to get it with us. Mm-hmm. A.J. Brown had to move on to Philadelphia to get the money he wanted in Tennessee. Do you think that the Chiefs won the trade with Tyreek Hill? And, again, the players have to perform to make this, you know, a, a, a all said and done at the end of the day. But it looks like on paper, I kind of like what they did now. Time's going to tell, and I'm looking at that list right now that you see on your screen. I really like what they did. I talked about Carl Loftus, Trent McDuffie. Yeah. A uh, very good cover corner, Sky Moore receiver out of Western Michigan and kind of be a, uh, you know, a guy underneath that uh, may be able to get a little bit of playing time. And maybe the odd man out could uh, very well be McCole Hardman because yes. they've now uh, added Valdez Scantling and Smith Schuster. And I really like the guy and I know he doesn't dazzle you with athletic intangibles, but I watched this guy in person and that's our third round linebacker, Leo Chenal. I went to the Las Vegas Bowl. It was Wisconsin against Arizona State. Mm-hmm. And this Wisconsin defense, not as talented as the Georgia defense. That is no, like no. generational talent, right. what they had on their roster. They had five guys drafted in the first round, for Amazing. God's sakes. But Wisconsin, in terms of how they play, they didn't have the speed nor the athleticism. But, man, they get to the football and they pursue right. And they, they just play so smart. And I was just watching them because – I was trying to watch off the ball because that's what my dad always taught me, like in basketball, watch off the ball, watch these guys cut the and scream yes. and whatnot. And that's what I was just watching the defense of Wisconsin. Plus I had the under in that game and I needed <laughs> to hang on for a win, but I digress. Uh, Leo Chanel, man, he, it just takes right angles, just knows how to play the game. And this is not a guy that's maybe going to, you know, win a speed duel with the receiver or running back, but he's going to get you and he's going to get you to the ground. I really like what the Chiefs did here, uh, uh, and I thought they got a lot of picks and a lot of picks that can play from day one. I will say this. When you mentioned five players drafted in the first round from one side of the ball on one college team, meanwhile, Texas still waiting for the yeah, first Yeah, and that pick. doesn't include Jermaine Johnson, who was at George, who transferred to Florida State, so they could have had six. That is historic. When we come back, Sean Brace is going to join us here to talk all things city, a brotherly shove, the great city of Philadelphia. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here on these and these sports betting network. The Kentucky Derby is Saturday. Right now, VEASAN is offering you a special $9.99 Kentucky Derby betting guide with previews of all the horses and jockeys for every race, plus best bets for the entire weekend, including the run for the roses. Pre-order your copy now for only $9.99 at VEASAN.com slash Derby Guide. That's VEASAN.com slash Derby Guide. Back alongside West Reynolds, I'm Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN West in the great movie Rocky. 1976 Best Picture. By the way, only one of two sports movies ever to win Best Picture. There is a scene, the the famous scene where Rocky is cracking the the eggs and then Mm -hmm. he chugs it before his run early in the morning. If you listen behind, and this is the part people always forget about that scene because they get grossed out with Sly chugging like eight raw eggs. It's Philadelphia Radio, and they've called the woman to to congratulate her for winning a prize at 5 a.m. She says, sir, do you know what time it is? Good day, and hangs up. (laughs) There's nothing like Philadelphia and nothing like uh, Philadelphia Radio. We welcome in Sean Brace. He is the host of Fox Sports Philly Gambler 1480 in Philadelphia. Sean, welcome to the program. (laughs) Sean got what you were putting down there. Sean, it cracks me up every time. It's just 
so funny. This woman says, why are you calling me this early? But we had to call you today because we were fascinated by Philadelphia and their draft, certainly, and everything going on uh, in the city now. Let's talk about the Eagles. Is there realistic hope that Jalen Hurts now has real weapons around him, not just with A.J. Brown, but collectively that this team not only can compete in the NFC East, but potentially be a playoff team sooner rather than later? First of all, thank you very much for having me on, gentlemen. Second of all, yeah, expectations are there. That's that's absolute at the top right now for everything with the Eagles fans that are out there that we spoke to. Immediately when this trade went down on draft night, uh, first night, you know, and you can make the argument that the Eagles made the biggest splash in round one going after A.J. Brown and, of course, getting Jordan Davis, the All-American from that great Georgia defense. Um, expectations went through the roof, but you nailed it. it it's about what can Jalen Hurts do throwing the football? Last year, extremely effective uh, uh, running the football. I mean, that's what he's known for, great leadership, and he could run the football. When he was drafted at Oklahoma, every Oklahoma beat writer that I spoke to on my radio show said, man, I look at him more like a running back. That's who he is. But now there's no excuses. You surround him with Devontae Smith, who's really smooth, and A.J. Brown, who can't be guarded against smaller corners. That's what he brings to the table. He's a beast. He's a big boy. He's going to go and get those tough yards. So they got a little bit of the the thunder and lightning right now. I think that's a Rocky line too, as well. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, it's a nice little yin and yang. And as I said, expectations are there. NFC East, I'm giving the thumbs up. We haven't seen a team go back to back since what, 2004, 2003 with the Eagles. That's right. Uh, Cowboys, Cowboys won it last year. So Let's move them out of the way. I think there will be a new uh, a new team to take the throne. Why not the Eagles next year? Sean, uh, let me turn up to the defense here for the Eagles uh, very quickly. And it seemed like uh, the, the focus was really on the front seven, was really on defensive line, yeah. linebackers, not only in the draft, but in free agency. And they add Jordan Davis. Fletcher Cox comes back, one-year deal, kind of be a mentor. And then they get Redick uh, as a free agent from uh, Carolina. But – do you think that they've done enough or do they have enough in the secondary? Because they got good value with Nicobe Dean in the third round. So it seems like they've added more talent up front in the front seven, but that secondary still has to be a little bit of a concern. Yeah, that's the glaring question, Mark. You lose Rodney McLeod, who's a huge leader from last year's squad, of course, won the Super Bowl with the team. You lost Malcolm Jenkins a couple years before that. So they never really – filled that hole in my mind. But, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, if you're able to get after the quarterback with that front seven, and it's something they didn't do last year, uh, I think they were second worst in the league as far as sacks for, for team defense. So if they can improve on that, and I think Hassan Reddick will bring that to the table, uh, double-digit sacks his last two years, one with Carolina, one with Arizona, I really do expect him to be a big piece to the puzzle for the Eagles' front seven this year, getting after the quarterback. Nicobe Dean's interesting. You know, as you pointed out, the great value is there. Uh, for him to be in the third round and still be on the board, just tremendous for the Eagles to be that lucky. Uh, this was a guy that was talked about possibly going in number 15 overall. But it's interesting because I was just listening to Mitch and Paul yesterday and Mike Lombardi, the show that we're on right now, was saying <laughs> that's what he's hearing about the Kobe Dean is he's going to miss extended period of time. Uh, we'll find out. Rookie camp is coming up this weekend. We're hearing he's going to be there. If he can play this year, I fully expect them to have an impact in year one on that defense just because of, like I said, they finished second last as far as sacks on the total team defense. He's got to be able to step in and help from day one 
if he's healthy. But secondary, definitely a glaring weakness. Talking with Sean Brace, going to follow him on Twitter at Sean underscore Brace. Uh, let's get back to the, the the bigger outlook for next year as well, because again, they did uh, sign uh, Carson Strong here uh, to a free agent deal after the draft at quarterback. If Jalen Hurts isn't the guy going forward, they're set in place next year to have some first rounders to potentially get their quarterback in what we think is a stronger quarterback draft. If we know that, Sean, does Jalen Hurts know that? Does he feel like, all right, it's prove it time here if I'm really going to be the guy long term in Philadelphia? Absolutely. He 100% knows. And and whether it's right or wrong, it's just the state of the NFL. You have to win when you get that opportunity. I would love to sit here and say Jalen Hurts is the guy for the next two to three seasons. This way he doesn't approach next year like, oh my goodness, if I don't get a job done, I'm out. Lame duck, essentially. But um, that's just the way it works. And now when you go out there and get AJ Brown, the connection was there. Uh, they were working out this off season, Devonte Smith. They got Dallas Goddard, one of the better tight ends in the league. As far as I'm concerned, offensive line is there. Miles Sanders out of the backfield. I think if he can remain healthy, he can always help you out. Um, but when it comes down to it, Jalen hurts knows that this is the year he's got to make something happen. And I really do believe, and I, you know, I just, the expectations are there. He's not, you know, he, he's not somebody that doesn't pay attention to this stuff. And he's the type of guy that wants it, right? What happened against Tampa Bay in that first round of the playoffs last year, it felt embarrassing to him. Mm-hmm. And and that's something that, you know, that Jalen Hurts isn't used to. He's, he's a winning quarterback. Um, granted, like I said, he is a runner, but he's got to improve and throwing the football if he wants to win in this year's, in the, today's NFL. So I do expect him to improve. Like I said, when you add those pieces around him, it's just how much, what are the reasonable expectations? We'll find out. Too much optimism and hope right now about with Philadelphia that? for wow. the Philadelphia Eagles. So let's get back to some pessimism <laughs> and some good old-fashioned negativity. And where we go for that, Sean, is the Philadelphia 76ers now down 1-0. <laughs> Doesn't look like Joel Embiid is going to play at least Wednesday night. Earliest, maybe he's back as game three. But, Sean, give me the uh, pulse uh, of uh, the Philadelphia populace with the Doc Rivers decision to start DeAndre Jordan last night in Miami. Nobody likes it. There's nobody likes it. Doc <laughs> is flexing his muscles and, and, and nobody's calling him doc anymore in this city. He's Glenn for the last like 90 <laughs> days. Right. Um, you know, and, and it's tough because I just don't know what else he's supposed to do. I get it. Paul Reed looked good, but he's a guy that just doesn't really, he's not, um, you know, when he gets the opportunity to get in there, he's a little bit too over the top, too aggressive. So that he picks up those quick fouls. A guy like DeAndre Hunter comes in or DeAndre Jordan, excuse me, comes in. And at least he's been in that moment before, but I'm sorry. He pulled down two rebounds in 17 minutes. He was atrocious. Paul Reed pulled down nine rebounds in the time that he was out there. For me, it's a simple answer. You got to start Paul Reed. And just if he picks up a couple quick fouls, oh, well, you go to Bassey, the rookie. DeAndre Jordan cannot see the floor. I mean, he is that bad of a player right mm-hmm. now. It's something we saw with the Lakers, and it's something we saw in the past, I don't know, what, uh, uh, two, three quarters of the season with the 76ers. But Doc wants to stick to his guns and play the veterans. I just don't understand it. But here's all I'm going to say. When you go, what, I think they were 6 of 34 last night from downtown, you're not going to win many games. you got to improve on hitting those shots. And that's what it comes down to, whether DeAndre Jordan's in there or Joel Embiid. If they go 6 of 34 from downtown, they're not going to win that game. Got about 90 seconds to go, Sean. i got to ask you a question here. When you look at the, the, the people in charge in your sporting city, Okay, if you could have Glenn Rivers or if you could have Nick Sirianni or if you could have Joe Girardi, 
Who do they trust the most right now out of those big three? <laughs> you guys watch the MLS? Jim Curtin. <laughs> yes. The union. The union are the safest that's, bet that's in Philadelphia right now. That's the guy they Nice back. call by you. Nice call. <laughs> um, that's, a, that's a funny one. I would say, wow, that's a really funny one. Um, yeah, Glenn is on his way out. Everyone just assume he's going to take the L.A. job. Joe Girardi. Uh, it's got to be Nick Sirianni. It really does. And he was a guy that I was making fun of, you know, playing paper, rock, scissors with the, with the draftees, talking, to, talking about how does Kobayashi eat so many hot dogs. He was just out there. And then all of a sudden, this team was expected to win five games last year, and they made the playoffs. They scored a bunch of points. You got to go Nick Sirianni. I'm excited for year number two with him. How about that? After that press conference there, that his inaugural press conference, this is going to be a disaster. They make the playoffs in year one. And now the most trusted head coach, so says Sean Brace in the city of Philadelphia. Sean, really appreciate the time, my friend. Uh, we'll catch up again soon. Anytime, guys. Thank you. Thank there you, Sean. Is. Follow him on Twitter. He, got, he does a great job at Sean underscore Brace. Yeah, he couldn't obviously use Jay Wright as the option right. because now that Jay Wright has uh, retired and uh, looking like he's likely to go into a TV And we got uh, two Rocky references in that segment, which always makes me feel better. Again, only one of two sports movies ever to be best picture. Do you know the other? Chariots of Fire. Wes Reynolds! That is fantastic. Come on back and put a bow on this edition of the Lombard right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. I can't stop you. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? Well, you can convert those BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can redeem towards dining and shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resort properties located in the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, valuable perks when you wager in the BetMGM app. So sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligible restrictions to apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is the Lombardi Line here on the Cindy Sports Betting Network. And the NHL, NHL playoffs, the second season, has begun in earnest. It was exciting last night. First of all, before we look ahead to tonight's games, what was your biggest takeaway? You know, I, I watched Toronto, and I just saw the celebration mm-hmm. and I, the mauling they had of Tampa Bay in game number one, yeah. right? And I go, I don't know that American sports fans can fully understand what it would mean for Canada if Toronto were to get back in that winner's circle and win Lord Stanley's Cup. I think it's the equivalent of, obviously, the Yankees, whether or not you're a Yankee fan or not, the Cowboys, like the preeminent sports franchises in different leagues, I don't know that there's a more rabid fan base than what Toronto has. No, the the Maple Leafs, and and look, and that was a wild scene last night, five to nothing over Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm interested to see if the series is going to be called like it was last night. It was called very tight. Both of these teams accumulated 12 penalties. Whoa. 62 penalty minutes for the Toronto Maple Leafs, 51 for the Lightning. But the Lightning, you usually don't see them get dominated. And I kind of like them in the series, even money. You don't see them get dominated like this because that's the thing about the Leafs. They always, you know, play really close. And it's usually like a seven-game series yeah. in the first round, more often than not against the Boston Bruins. And then they find a way to come up short. But a very good start for the Maple Leafs last night. A couple of the games that I watched a little bit more Boston Bruins looked like maybe they were going to get a little bit of a break with uh, Freddie Anderson not mm-hmm. returning in, in goal for the Carolina Hurricanes. But Auntie Ronto has been pretty much a journeyman his whole career, very well-traveled, gets the 5-1 win because the Bruins got dominated by Carolina in the regular season. But then it's like, okay, that was against Freddie Anderson. He went 3-0, and had a 99% save percentage. So it's like, okay, here come the Bs. And I did take the Bs for the series, and now I'm down one nothing here. Uh no score until very late, and then two quick goals in the final three minutes of the second period by Carolina pretty much put it to bed. Uh, probably the most exciting finish last night actually was up in Edmonton where uh, uh, Mike Smith took a little bit of a gamble in goal with uh, Edmonton and uh, ended up giving that winning goal with five minutes left to go to Philip Deneau, who, of course, uh, gave the Golden Knights fist last year when he was a member of the Montreal Canadiens, and then four to three Kings now lead that series one nothing. St. Louis Blues dominate the Minnesota yeah. Wild four nothing. David Perron with the hat trick, two power play goals. That was the one that went right for me on the ice last night. The Boston Bruins certainly did not. You know, it's interesting too because we talked about this a little bit over the weekend. When you kind of look at, at at scoring and goals were up this year in the NHL, huge right offense explosion. We had two that I believe went over last night. Clearly, the uh, the Blues game stayed under four nothing with that win over the Wild. And the Hurricanes did trickle over with that sixth goal, so five to one gets that number. Uh, four three, the Kings obviously that that one goes over. Do we expect to see less scoring though? Because so far there still is scoring here mm-hmm. in the NHL. It's not like we're seeing one nothing two two one games here so far. Yeah, this is going to be interesting, and maybe 
I'm not going to have as many totals bets, at least early on in okay. the first round, because I want to see how, how this is going to play it out. Because, you know, a couple series kind of look like under series, like when you look at it on a game-by-game basis. One, I think that's an example tonight, could be the uh, Penguins and the New York yes. Rangers. Uh, even though the Penguins going with the backup goalie, Tristan Jerry, out with a foot injury for the time being. But you see only five and a half, slightly juice to the over. You do, you don't get those days anymore where you get five and a half or you even get five juice to the under. And no. that was as recently as like, you know, seven to ten years ago. Sure. But, you know, this looks like on the surface it's going to be more of an under series. Uh, I actually did lay the Rangers for the series at minus 110. However, I look at tonight all the way up to $1.35. And wow. I think I'm even seeing $1.45 at BetMGM. Like, I, I wouldn't recommend playing the Rangers in game one at that price necessarily. This was just going with the Rangers because they had a very good series against Pittsburgh in the regular season, three to one. But one thing to keep in mind, Sidney Crosby and Geno Malkin only played in one of those four games. Right. So uh, before you necessarily run, I think the Rangers are just the better team. So I bet it accordingly. But before you necessarily run to the window to bet that, I think this price, price is a little bit inflated tonight, even though the Rangers do have the uh, bigger edge in the goal with the uh, Russian Igor Shesterskin. I'll tell you this, uh, coming from my D.C. roots, when the Capitals won the Stanley Cup, and this is obviously before the Washington Nationals went on to win the World Series, that was a culmination, Alexander Ovechkin uh, getting that cup. And it was one of the, the most, probably will be remembered as one of the greatest sporting achievements in that city. What about this, this year against the Panthers as they begun, began a decided underdog here? Uh, right now I'm seeing about over $2 on the money line here for the Caps in game one. Are they really up against it in this series with Florida? Yeah, uh, and Aaron Ekblad, by the way, is going to be back, the uh, Florida top defenseman. So, you have seen this. Yeah, this is a big price. We're not used to seeing the Washington Capitals this no. big of underdogs, but Florida, to be fair, was the best team in the regular season. And I think uh, by a mile, really, in the Eastern Conference, even though you had all Eastern Conference teams, all eight teams that made the playoffs got over 100 points. You never see that. No. And, and you did this year. That's why I think maybe there's some anticipation of some upsets here. Uh, I think Florida probably is a little bit in. Maybe mm. if I were to bet this, it'd be a small, you know, play on the Capitals because look, Florida's kind of a team that you don't want to necessarily step in front of, but they did win two out of three. Uh, the Capitals did in the series this year with Florida. And as long as you have a, uh, uh, the great A, you got a shot. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the Capitals, you know, still a lot of veterans left over from that Stanley cup team that beat the golden Knights a few mm -hmm. years ago. So I, I, it would be the Capitals or nothing for me, but I understand why Florida is such a big favorite. For the last couple of decades, we've always said in D.C., you know, you keep the great eight out of the left circle, you got a shot. They can't keep him out of the left circle. That's just the way he, he gets it done. Uh, let's take a look at a couple of these other series getting ready to uh, to drop tonight, and that would be the Preds against the Avs here. Uh, obviously, you can understand why here. The Avs, a decided favorite here, uh, over $3 against Nashville in game number one. Yeah, uh, Predators uh, probably maybe if you're power rating these teams in the playoffs, they might be number 16. Right. And the Colorado Avalanche might be a number one. So you get the 16 versus the one here. Avalanche at least one or two and probably most power ratings here. So this is obviously going to be a tough series to really bet necessarily on a side or a total. 
the backup. You say Saros is out for the time being for Nashville, so it is going to be David Riddich in goal for Nashville. Mm. You got to think Colorado is going to be able to tee off on this guy. I know uh, Andy McNeil, our guy at vcin.com, wrote this up and called him the worst, potentially the worst goaltender in the playoffs. Whoa. I can't necessarily disagree. So one way to bet this, I think if you're not betting sides or you're not betting totals or you're not laying puck lines, and I'm not a guy that really likes to lay puck lines with favorites very often, Look it for your books for team totals. Okay. Because this might be a thing uh, I'm going to look really quickly to see what the team total is for uh, uh, Colorado tonight. But it that might, might be. be a way to look. Now, it's four and a half. I was going to say. Under like minus 145. And that's what I've seen at a couple faraway places, a couple offshore stores. But that might be the way to do it instead of, okay, maybe their defense isn't going to be there. I'm not comfortable on the puck line to go ahead and lay team total. I expect Colorado is going to score uh, very early and often on David Riddich. Dallas stars against the Calgary flames here. This one appears to be potentially more, uh, I would say a little bit more competitive than the game. We just talked about here. Calgary though, is still a decided favorite minus two forty against Dallas at plus one ninety five. Again, it's, it's laying a lot if you want to take those big favorites here in game number one. Is there another angle you might like better? Well, uh, and a lot of people kind of like if they don't like the Avalanche, the team that they think maybe can get out of that Western Conference are the Calgary Flames. Right. And uh, a lot of sharp guys really like this team. They're getting a Dallas team that's not very good offensively. Dallas, they play a little bit more lower scoring games than a lot of teams in the National Hockey League. Dallas, actually the second score is lowest scoring team, rather, in the playoffs. Uh, Jacob Barkstrom's been outstanding for the Flames this season, and he's going to you know, need to be to carry them forward if they're advanced through that West and uh, go ahead and get to the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, but uh, Calgary, really good defensive team. Dallas, for their part, a very good defensive team. So this is one of those series you also might see more unders necessarily than overs. Uh, I don't see the Stars scoring a lot of goals. So, uh, you know, Calgary, maybe maybe Stars team total under okay. would be a way to go if I was to bet this game because the price, I think, is about right with that 220-190 split. So, uh, you know, look for your team totals out there at BetMGM or, or some other places. I'm seeing uh, Stars, I believe, under 2.5. Now, you are paying heavy juice, but I can see four, this has 4-2 written all over it. It wasn't that long ago, right, where there were no Canadian teams in the postseason? Yeah. And now all of a Man, sudden. Imagine if you get an all-Canadian Stanley oh Cup final. My. Might not generate eyeballs here in the United States, Holy. but it certainly will up there if you get the uh, Leafs in the Flames or the Leafs in the Oilers. But uh, obviously, Florida and Colorado, the two favorites, have some to say about that they will but again it is officially dropped i think we all agree maybe the best postseason in all of the four major sports I want to thank uh, sean brace for joining us will hill west enjoy the conversation as always got you covered all afternoon long and evening right here in beast and the sports betting network xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.